from our work with Coolworks and also from our own experience back in the Tetons, you know, people that start off in these entry-level positions and, you know, just show up and fall in love with the place and work their butts off. And, you know, a few years later, they're the general manager or the operations manager. And then they, then they have this career that they never anticipated. They have this life that they never anticipated. This is the Seasonals Podcast, a show where we talk to people living the seasonal lifestyle. We take an in-depth look at the decision points they've encountered along the way. I'm here with Matt Moore today, one of the owners of Coolworks. How are we doing today, Matt? I'm doing great, Joey. It's great. Thanks for having me on today. Where in the world are you? I am in Morrison, Colorado, um, which is just maybe 45 minutes outside of downtown um, Denver. Uh, Morrison's most famous for Red Rocks Amphitheater, so we're we're just up up the hill from from Red Rocks here, a little ways. Oh, nice. So you're what, three three and a half hours for me down here in I think so, Colorado. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. It's a, it's a beautiful state. It's a nice state to get quarantined in. I'll say that. That sure is. <laughs> so Coolworks, of course, we love it here on the podcast and the magazine. I I saw you at the, the Shra conference in November. Got to meet mm-hmm. you guys for the first time. It was fantastic. I can't say enough good things about it and you guys, but let me ask you, what is going on with Coolworks and sort of the overview of a lot of seasonal stuff that you've seen and dealt with during all this COVID situation? Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a little bit of a tough time around here for for Coolworks and not just for us as a company, but for um, all the customers, all the friendships and relationships we have in this industry. You know, like the people we know that you met at the Seasonal Human Resource Association conference. You know, those HR folks, the GMs, the people that have, you know, most of them got their start in seasonal work and now they're working at some of these employers and really cool places and. Um, all the seasonal workers out there that were planning on, you know, going off and having a great, great adventure this summer. And a lot of that's kind of been put on ice right now. So um, it's, it's kind of a, it's a challenging time right now. It's a challenging time for everybody, of course. Um, so it's, it's a little bit tricky and so much uncertainty, but um, we've been doing some webinars these last couple of weeks to invite our employers to come in to not just have an opportunity to hear from us, kind of to hear from each other, um, just to learn, you know, what are you doing over here? How are you guys addressing employee safety? Um, how are you guys you know, planning your operations for the summer? You know, what's it looking like? And uh, it's been a really, it's been a really fantastic series that we've put on. It's just been really encouraging to, to have a way to, to be dialed into our community and give people a chance to kind of vent and bounce ideas off each other and just realize that nobody's alone in this, that we're all kind of we're all kind of making our way through it together. Um, so that's been a really positive takeaway from all this that we don't usually do in the past. We've never done these webinars. So it's been, been really cool and fun to do that. Yeah, I think Coolworks does an incredible job of being sort of the vessel of communication between the actual employers and then as well as the spot that employees can go to to find new and cool jobs and great places, of course. And those webinars, when I first heard about them, it's like such a great idea. and from the the graphs and the email that I've seen about you know what what came out of the first one 
it just it looks like a lot of that information is getting getting into the places that it needs to go to to help help out the whole structure of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. It seems like it's been a great resource for the folks that have that have tuned in and, and even the folks that haven't been able to. We've sent out some kind of summary recaps and filmed them all so people can go back and watch them. So it's been a really positive experience overall. So for the the listeners that have heard me talk about CoolWorks and heard people that have gotten their jobs off CoolWorks on the episode, but have never been there, give them sort of a an overview of like first time visitor to the site, what, what they should be looking for, what they can find there and sort of what's, what's the, the idea behind CoolWorks itself. Yeah. So CoolWorks' tagline that you'll see right on our homepage is jobs in great places. Um, so it's a job board for work opportunities in, you know, typically destination locations with a kind of a wilderness slant to them or an outdoor slant to them. Um, CoolWorks got started in 1995. Uh, it was launched from Yellowstone National Park by a fellow named Bill Berg, who came up with the bright idea when the internet was just becoming a thing. Um, Bill had worked seasonally, um, in Yellowstone for a number of years since his high school years, come back year after year, finally became a year-round employee. Um, and at this time, he had been most recently working as a recruiter for uh, Yellowstone Park Service Stations, who managed all of the you know the gas stations, filling stations throughout the park. And he would hire, you know, he'd had to hire dozens, if not hundreds. I'm not sure how big their operation is, but a lot of seasonal employees every season. And, you know, basically the way he did that was stuffing envelopes with applications and mailing them off to colleges so that hopefully, you know, a college uh, career services person would get it in the hands of some kids that would want to come work in Yellowstone. Um, so shortly after that, he was doing a business degree um, MBA program and the internet was becoming a thing. And he thought, you know, this internet thing would be really useful for getting the word out about these really cool jobs. Um, they'd played such a pivotal, you know, seasonal jobs in national parks had played such a pivotal role in his life that he obviously saw the value in it. And that's really where it kicked off. So, you know, some of our, some of our focus niches, I guess I'll call them are you know, national parks, ski resorts, guest ranches, you know, adventure outfitters like rafting companies, fishing guiding companies, zip lining companies, you know, all these different sort of adventure trips you can go off on. Um, and we have a couple other different unique little industries scattered in there. Um, but really just the idea is to have an opportunity to go travel somewhere and work somewhere that you've always wanted to live. The site as uh, you know, a prospective employee, you get on there and it's just like, there's so many options, states, jobs, companies, pitching themselves to you and they, they want to be your next employer, you know, and it's, it's a very cool like hub to go to when this is something you're even remotely thinking about. It's a, it, it's just a great place to go and just think of all the potential life choices you might make in the future. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely got a lot of wonderlust built into it. Um, it's got some, it's, it's set up in a way that really, and it's always been set up this way since long, since I first discovered the site to kind of help people discover what's even out there really. Um, you know, when I came to, when I first found the site, um, and found a job on CoolWorks, you know, I was seeing mountain ranges that I'd never seen before and didn't realize existed in the United States. And, you know, I was learning about Alaska and Wyoming and Montana and all these places that you, you live in North Carolina, you don't really have a lot of knowledge of. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really, it's really a discovery opportunity as well. 
for a person that's never been to the website, say they're sitting down, they type in coolworks.com and you're right behind them telling them, you know, oh, click there. This is what you'll see there. Kind of give me the virtual tour of what, what they shouldn't miss when they go to the website and what they, what they can see. Yeah. So right on the right, when you open the page, uh, you see like a little search box right in the middle of the screen for searching jobs. And underneath that, there's a couple different buttons that say explore. You can explore by job categories, by state, by season and by national parks. I usually point people to those four buttons at first. Um, I think the job categories is probably my favorite because it helps job seekers kind of get a little bit creative. Like maybe you just, you know that you want to do something like this. You know, you want to go have, you know, kind of a working travel opportunity, but you may not necessarily know what really even exists out there. Like what are the kinds of jobs? What kind of opportunities exist? If you start with categories, um, you know, you'll see things like camp jobs and driving and transportation jobs, food and beverage, golf course. There's all these different categories that might help you think outside of the box a little bit about, um, you know, what skills do I already have? Um, what areas might I be able to apply that and, you know, branch into something that's a little bit different from what I've been doing. Um, so I think that's a really a great place to start. Like if it's brand new to you and you're just kind of wanting to explore and see what's out there. Um, but otherwise, if you already have like an idea of where you want to go, like you're, you know, I've always wanted to work in Yellowstone or I've always wanted to work in um, Denali or, you know, wherever the place might be, you know, just jumping right into whatever national park it is or whatever state it is, is another, it's another great way to just kind of dip your toes in and explore to see what all's out there. What are some of the job openings that you've seen on the site that have most like I guess ones that you're like, oh, well, that would be a job that I would love, like a job that is sort of out of the ordinary that even you were like, oh, whoa, that is a super cool job or even a location maybe. Uh, definitely the, the most interesting one to me is, um, there's a handful of opportunities to go work in Antarctica, um, which I'm not even sure that I would really enjoy all that much, but it's just so far out and so interesting that I'm so intrigued by it. Um, and I think you, you had an opportunity to meet one of the guys that works down there at the seasonal human resources conference, um, August. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, he's a great guy, and he goes down there every year. Um, and it just seems like such a really unique opportunity. You know, so, so many of these places are unique and beautiful. But I mean, Antarctica is literally the, the edge of the world, so that one always pops out in my mind is pretty far out. Let's bring it back to where all this began for you. When did when did you sort of move into the idea that the seasonal lifestyle was something you were going to jump into? Yeah, I kind of stumbled upon it um, when I was in college. Um, so I, I, like I said a few minutes ago, I grew up in North Carolina, um, went to college there, and I ended up picking business as my major. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that I was super drawn to for any reason. I didn't have a passion about business administration, but um, you know, I was in that position that a lot of people are in where I was in college, felt like it was the thing I was supposed to be doing with my life at the time. And I kind of needed to figure out what I was going to study and what I was going to major in. And business felt like a pretty well-rounded, uh, um, safe major for me. So that's kind of what I settled into. Um, but as I was getting through the program, I just wasn't, I wasn't super excited about the prospects for, you know, what most, what most people do after graduation, which a lot of my, you know, colleagues and um, classmates went off to work for, you know, some of the bigger banking companies or some of them went into consulting and 
just wasn't super, super stoked about any of those options. And I had gone out West to Steamboat Springs, Colorado skiing when I was a kid on a, like this one family ski trip we went out on and was just totally blown away with the Rocky mountains in the West. And I think I was 11 or 12 at the time, but from that point, it always stuck in my head. Like, you know, that is a, that is a place in the world that I want to spend more time. So I was always kind of in the back of my mind as something that I wanted to, to kind of look into whenever the time seemed right. And as I was getting through business school, I remember there was this moment I was in um, a business ethics class, which was a really great course. We really, you know, it was one of the classes I really appreciated the most because it, you know, really encouraged people to think about, you know, these are some sticky issues that you're going to get into in the world of business possibly. And, you know, start talking about them now and let's have some conversations. But one of the, one of the topics we were talking about one day was executive compensation and, you know, what's reasonable, what's unreasonable. And you, you've probably heard in the news, like stories of these like golden parachute clauses and contracts where, you know, an executive does something super scummy and then he gets a hundred million dollar bonus or something like that. And that was sort of the gist of the conversation we we're having, like, is that, you know, what kind of effect does that have on people's behavior when they know that there's really nothing they can do wrong and they won't still become fabulously wealthy. And um, one of the kids in my class, I'll always remember this, he's like looking around and so come on guys, this is what we're all here for, right? Like we all want that corner office. Like we're all working towards that. We wouldn't be here if that wasn't the case. Um, and I was just kind of had this dropping feeling in my stomach. Like I've made a huge mistake. This is not where I belong. <laughs> and uh, it's like, that's definitely not why I'm here. Like just the words corner office make me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> so this is, this is definitely not why I'm here. And I wasn't alone in that. Like it wasn't like everybody was on this guy's team and I was the, the sole person to decide who like had a moral compass or anything. But, uh, but it was like an illuminating point for me. I was like, you know, this definitely is not the path I want to go down. So I need to start thinking about which direction I do want to go down. So as I, um, after I graduated, I started looking for um, jobs in Colorado, probably was just Googling things like that. And, you know, when you grow up in the East coast, this is kind of a cliche, uh, but out West basically just means Colorado for a lot of people. Like Colorado is where all the mountains are, where all of the high peaks of, of, of America are, but it's obviously not true. But that's where I got started was searching for jobs in Colorado. And at some point, I was in the, um, my, my school's alumni resources center. They had like, you know, career resources and buried way down at the bottom under like alternative career paths or something was a link to CoolWorks. And to this day, I have no idea of how that link got in there. If it was like a CoolWorks person reached out and asked them to add it, or there was just some cool person in the alumni office. that was like, this belongs in here, but there it was and I clicked it on it. They snuck it in there. That's right. And I, uh, that's how I found CoolWorks. Found CoolWorks, clicked on it right on the homepage was a, this big, beautiful picture of the Tetons, which I'd never heard of in my life or seen and was um, amazed to find out that they were in the United States and in a state called Wyoming, which is right next to Colorado. And <laughs> so I started digging in and found this, uh, this place called Signal Mountain Lodge. And, you know, it was pretty whirlwind, like in a couple of days, I would say, I sent in my resume and application and got a call back and interviewed. And without really even thinking about it all that much, I accepted a seasonal job that started in like two months and called my mom and said, Hey, I'm moving to Wyoming for the summer. And that's, uh, that's, that's how it all got started. Why did you choose uh, business in in the first place when you were in college? Why why was that your uh, your emphasis, your major there? 
Yeah, I was, um, I changed majors probably three times in the first year or two. I think I started off in like biochemistry, which was, I don't know, I was terrible at science. I don't know what I was thinking there. It didn't take me long to realize that wasn't going to work out. Then I think I switched to English and maybe landed on one other thing. And then finally it was coming up on my sophomore year. And I think I went and talked to an academic advisor and they're like, you know, typically by the end of your sophomore year, you need to you know, basically told me I needed to get my shit together. Like you got to pick something like you're going to have all these prerequisites for nothing. If you just keep taking random classes and you're not really working towards a major. And, um, so I just kind of dug my heels in and said, well, I don't really know exactly when I, what I, what I want to do. And business is a, a well-rounded, you know, diverse major. There'll be a lot of options whenever I finish, finish college if I get this major. So uh, I basically just picked it because it seemed like it would, it would give me the most opportunity down the road based on where I was currently. It would leave a lot of options still open as well. Yeah. In case you wanted to return to them. Exactly. What was, what was that first uh, seasonal job that you took? Yeah, it was. um, So I ended up being hired to be the accounting assistant, which obviously was a easy, easy fit for them. Cause I had just gotten this degree in business and it was an entry level bookkeeping job. Um, so it was basically just counting stacks of $20 bills every day. Like I had a black thumb every day I left work from counting <laughs> all of the cash that came through the resort. Um, and then, you know, plugging things into spreadsheets like sales figures. Uh, it wasn't my top pick. I applied for Marina attendance and I think even housekeeper ahead of accounting assistant. Uh, but then they got my application and we're like, you know, you're kind of a perfect fit for this accounting assistant job. So that's the one we're going to offer you. <laughs> so I was up for anything at that point. I had told them I'll accept any job you offer me. I just want to come out there and spend, spend some time in my life in this place. So yeah. So they're like, well, can you count? Yes. Can you count by 20? Yes. All right. You're hired. You're in. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we don't need you in the Marina. We need you. Here. Right. <laughs> Exactly. How, how did that first season go for you? You, you know, you come from sort of the college situation and looking towards more business and, you know, you're brushing elbows with this guy who assuredly got the corner office and somewhere like <laughs> Enron and <Right. laughs> then you jump over to the seasonal job. What, what was that first season like? And did you have any sort of culture shock? Maybe some culture shock, like in the best way possible. Uh, it was magical. You know, I felt like I had come home. I felt like I was with the tribe that I had been looking for for a long time. Um, it's just, you know, when you, when you go that far from home, you you almost you get this opportunity to sort of reinvent yourself and become a person that's maybe you felt a little bit constricted to become when you're back home around whatever your whatever your earlier life influences are that your, your social circle, your friends, your teachers, your bosses. Um, so it was just kind of like this clean slate. And, you know, even though I went straight from business school to, a, I think it was like an $8, $8.50 an hour job or something that was only supposed to last for six months. Like I hadn't been that happy in my life in a really, really long time um, for, you know, for as long a time as I can remember. Not that I had a bad life by any means. I just, felt like I wasn't really on a path that I had any enthusiasm about. And I got out to Wyoming and just felt like I had come home and it was, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I think there's normally a sort of um, 
almost like imposter syndrome when people go from sort of a normal nine to five or like a business situation like you were talking about or you know, one of those jobs that are kind of entrenched in the idea of, okay, this is how I make money in America. And then I do this, this, this. And then when they first get into seasonal life, they're like, wait a second, you can get paid to do this? Or yeah. like, I'm living in uh, this like crazy, awesome place and I'm getting paid to do it. And I, I definitely hear a lot that a sort of imposter syndrome to it. And, and for you, it's, it's interesting. You use the word, like, you know, you found your home, like it, it felt comfortable for you for the first time. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, I felt like me for the first time. Um, and you know, there was some, there were some ups and downs to that. You know, there was kind of this sort of conflict of breaking away from this old person and becoming this new person, you know, in a lot of, like you, like you alluded to, you know, in a lot of ways, like the seasonal job, it was still just, it was still just a job. You know, I worked 40 hours a week. I got two days off, uh, but I was living in a national park and I didn't care how much money I was making. And I loved where I was so much that I really enjoyed going to work every day because I walk down to work and I'm, you know, looking out at Jackson Lake and the Tetons and like, you know, one of the most amazing scenes that you can see in this country. And I just enjoyed my work so much more because of where I was. And, you know, every day I got off work and you get to go for a hike that people travel to go on vacation to go on that hike. And on the weekends, I'm doing these backpacking trips that, you know, people make plans for years to go out and do. And it's just the, the quality of life was so just fantastical that's, you didn't even really think that much about how much money you were making or what your, what your job was or what your career path was. Like all of that took a backseat because you're finally living this life that you're enthusiastic about. You said there was a difference between sort of the old and the new. Can you give me some sort of traits or aspects or maybe day-to-day things that went on with the old that you were talking about and then those and how they changed in the new when you jumped into that, that new area, new job? Yeah, I th- you know, I think it's a lot of it was cultural differences. You know, I grew up in the South. Um, you know, there's a lot of cultural norms in the South and, you know, ideas around, you know, religion and race and, uh, you know, sexuality, everything, the whole spectrum. Um, and it's a very, um, I wouldn't say closed-minded necessarily. That's a little bit harsh, but very, very, I guess, conservative is the best word for it, uh, reserved. And there's a lot of expectations I think placed on people and a lot of, you know, this is something that's okay to do in public. This is something that's not okay to do in public. It's okay to be this kind of person. It's not okay to be that kind of person. And it was very normal for me to come from a place where that was just standard behavior. Um, but when I got out, got out to the, to the Tetons, like I was working with people from all over the country and even all over the world. In some respects, we had some J1 students um, that were part of the the staff there that, you know, everyone just had this such a wide background and such a wide diversity of experience of life experience of, you know, upbringing and, um, you know, their, their cultural background that I was just in a place where nobody, except for maybe the handful of people that also came from, you know, North Carolina or Georgia or South Carolina, nobody really got or had those same expectations that I had. Um, about about anything, you know, everybody just had such a different, wide diversity of expectations and how they related to other people and thought about other people and just moved through the world. That 
I just kind of saw for the first time that, you know, this way that I've lived my life or this world that I've grown up in isn't the only world that exists. Like there's a lot of other worlds out there and everyone here is pretty okay with that. And that's very cool. It sounds like you got a huge dose of mental, emotional, and social freedom for maybe the first time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's not to say that I was oppressed or anything in North Carolina. It's just kind of, um, there's just big cultural differences and getting outside of that comfort zone. And that's something that everyone who works at CoolWorks, you know, most of us have done this before as most of us have you know, kind of left home and jumped across the country or made these big leaps to take ourselves from one place and put ourselves in a different place. So it's something that we all really feel passionate about as an experience that people should seek out or that we think people should consider seeking out anyways. Like there's so much growth and so much um, experience, just richness of experience by placing yourself deliberately in a strange and new environment. The job goes six months and I think you alluded already, but you said it was only supposed to last six months. What happened next? Yeah. So my, my boss, he was the accounting manager. Um, he had, um, his spouse was working up in Alaska, I think at the time as a, she was doing her own seasonal jobs. Like she was a marine biologist. So she had these like field expeditions that she'd get sent out on for months at a time. Um, and she got back from that and was like, you know what, I've got this other opportunity to go work in a different similar sort of projects and kind of sucks for us to be married and not live together. So let's go do this thing my job's better than your job right now. So we should stick with my job. <laughs> so he decided that he was going to move on and they moved to Alaska together. And so the opportunity opened up to be the accounting manager, which was a year round position. Um, so they, they moved me into that spot and yeah, what was supposed to be a six month gig ended up being five years that I spent. Um, not only I, I became the accounting manager for a couple of years and then I became the operations manager for a couple of years after that. So um, that that six month seasonal job really I never uh, never went back to North Carolina after that except for vacation or you know holidays. Yeah, it went from hey this is a seasonal job to hey this is five years of my life doing this job and moving my way up. Yeah, and you know five years was just Signal Mountain. You know, obviously everything that's happened in my life since then all all started with that. When did CoolWorks come onto your radar as you know something that you could jump into and be a part of? Yeah, so CoolWorks. Well, there's a little bit of a little bit of backstory. Just a, a minor notes um, involving meeting my soulmates at Signal Mountain Lodge, um, who you've met, Kelsey, who is my co-owner at CoolWorks now. So Kelsey was the uh, human resources manager at Signal, and she's the person who hired me. Um, she was the first person I talked to on the phone when I applied to work at Signal, and we were great friends and secretly in love with each other for years and finally got up the nerve to tell each other. So we left Signal around the same time. She left a little bit before I did um, and went and did a, a volunteer summer in Iceland. And I did one more summer in Wyoming and then we left together. Um, it had always been like one of her dreams to try and work for CoolWorks. You know, as the HR manager, she had, you know, personal relationships with all of the HR people. She went to the seasonal human resources conference that, that, um, that you came to this last fall. Um, that's been going on for a long time. So she used to go to that as an attendee. So she knew the CoolWorks folks really well. And it was just like her, you know, I'm going to work for CoolWorks one day. I hope I'm going to, you know, try and make that happen in my life. So whenever we left Signal, we went to did, did the working holiday visa in New Zealand um, for nine or 10 months 
And while we were over there, she heard from the, from the CoolWorks team and they said, you know, we'd love to bring you on. We're looking to grow the team a little bit and need a, need a new part-time person. So we're going to, we're going to bring you on if you want to. And she was of course ecstatic about that. Um, so when we got back from New Zealand, she started working for CoolWorks. Um, I worked a, a number of various terrible jobs for a couple of years before while she was, um, you know, trying to elbow some room for me to get into CoolWorks. And she really, um, she really kind of got, got me into the group. She, you know, invited me on some trips with the CoolWorks team. And so I got to know them over the years that she was working for them and um, got to build, form my own relationships with them and, and with Bill, the founder. And he was kind of looking to move on. You know, like I said, he started in 95 and he'd gotten to a place where he was ready to kind of branch out and, do something different in life. Um, so, you know, above all, he was looking for someone with some business background to kind of step in and take over with some of his tasks. Um, and in a bigger picture, he was actually looking to part ways with the company and sell the company if he could. Um, so I first came onto the team, um, in 2016 when he offered me a job to, um, kind of step in and take over some of his responsibilities. And, um, as I got into that, he had told the team a few years earlier that he was looking to sell and there hadn't been a whole lot of momentum on that. And, you know, one day Kelsey and I were like, you know, maybe we could, maybe we can try and make this happen. Maybe we can just see what, what he wants and see if it's something that we can make happen. It's going to be a enormous leap and a huge, uh, huge undertaking for us. But we did, we, we just got that idea in our head and started moving forward with it, started talking to him about it. And, you know, it took, took several months, but, we finally came to an agreement and Kelsey and I became owners in January, 2017. And we've been doing that thing ever since. So let me, let me jump back real quick, just to highlight, make sure I understand this. So you, you call signal mountain Uh and you say, Hey, I'm looking for a job either as a Marina attendant or a housekeeper. And Kelsey responds, best I can do for you is, accounting job and a soulmate, take it or leave it. <laughs> Is that how it went down? That's pretty much, that's pretty much exactly how it went down. <laughs> great. Okay. So, I was thing. just making sure there. <laughs> <laughs> you heard correctly. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's uh. you know, we had, um, we had a, we had a great friendship for many years and we were secretly holding this flame for each other. And, you know, finally she was like, I'm leaving. Finally I'm leaving signal. I'm kind of, she got a little bit burnt out on the HR stuff and, so I was like, well, I guess I should tell you that I'm in love with you and we should probably talk about that. <laughs> before you go, yeah, uh, before just, you leave, just one thing, <laughs> I'm going with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> not without me, you're not going. <laughs> Wonderful. So when you, when you took over uh, CoolWorks from Bill, give me an idea of like, I, I know, knowing you guys, I, I know, you know, you you had thought about it. She obviously it's something she had wanted for a while. And what were sort of some of the, the challenges and the future goals that you knew from the outset that you were going to shoot for? Yeah, we've kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, but one of our, one of our, you know, real focuses for CoolWorks and it's something that we really, I guess, pride ourselves on is this position that we have in this seasonal community of, bridging or being a bridge between seasonal employers and job seekers who are looking for these opportunities Um, and just trying to find ways to 
not only increase people's enthusiasm for these kind of opportunities, but in, um, increase their preparedness for job opportunities like this and being, being aware of, um, you know, how much of a life change can really come out of going and working, even if it's an entry-level housekeeping job or dishwasher job. You know, we know so many people from our, from our work with CoolWorks and also from our own experience back in the Tetons, you know, people that start off in these entry-level positions and, you know, just show up and fall in love with the place and work their butts off. And, you know, a few years later, they're the general manager or the operations manager. And then they, then they have this career that they never anticipated. They have this life that they never anticipated. So we've, we've always wanted to share more of those stories and create resources so that people can really be prepared for that if that's something that they want. And, you know, the preparedness side of it, the other side of it is, also setting people up to understand that it isn't all, you know, glamorous hashtag van life, you know, just going to be this beautiful, smooth ride the whole way where you're, you know, taking sunset Instagram pictures and things like that. Like there's some real challenges. There's some real difficulties to nav- navigate just like there is with any other job. Like there's a lot of people get really caught up in the idea that this is going to be this great adventure. It's going to be the summer of my life. Um, and I'm going to just have this amazing experience. And they kind of go into situations with, with blinders on a little bit, or, you know, just not being prepared to deal with any sort of negative down downside to it. And so a lot of people go into it with overly high expectations and really get burnt out or disappointed when things don't go exactly as they planned, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they're the majority of entry level seasonal jobs are a great opportunity to test yourself in real life without, you know, training wheels, without your parents, without, you know, adults that are going to push you back on the right path, without really negative consequences. Um, you know, worst case scenario is not that bad in an entry level seasonal job. And best case scenario, you know, you figure out where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. You have an opportunity to work on those weaknesses, learn a ton of new skills and get some real life experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's, it's still, it's still real life. It's still the real world, you know, just cause you're in this, this great place doesn't mean everything's going to work out super magically, but the opportunity is there. The opportunity is there. If you've, if you've got an open mind and you're willing to work hard and it's something that you really want, because I know that's true just cause I've seen it happen with so many people that just moved to a place cause they wanted to check it out for a little bit. And then they ended up spending their life there. So let's say a seasonal came to you perspective had never done anything like that they were say just finished college weren't sure what they wanted to do but they knew that they wanted to jump into an attempt you know some sort of seasonal job what sort of like advice and then like guidance would you give for say the next three or four years once they like started began to enjoy it and then went farther into it you know, in general, I would encourage people to start off with something that is a maybe at the less scary end of the spectrum for them. You know, like if you've never if you've never left home before, you've never gone off and really done something like this. If you've never even lived outside of your, you know, I've, there are a lot of people jump into seasonal work right at eighteen and they've never um, even lived outside of their the home they grew up in before. If that's where you're at, you know, I, I probably wouldn't encourage you to go work at, you know, like Antarctica or a super remote, 
you know, fly in only lodge where you're going to have six other coworkers. Um, you know, basically look for some situations where you can kind of ease into things comfortably and figure out what kind of work you might like to do because you'll typically find more options if you're looking at, you know, one of the seasonal operations that maybe has a little bit of a larger scale in the services they provide and a little bit of a larger staff as well. Um, it can just be really challenging to go off and work on a really, really small team um, with really limited operations and very remote if you have not, if, you know, if, if you've barely stepped off your front porch before. Um, so I generally would encourage people to, you know, maybe look at like the national park lodges, the national park concessions, um, places like Yellowstone, Yosemite, the Tetons, where there's a lot of different options for different types of jobs. So you can kind of pick between more options. There's going to be a lot more people there. So you're more likely to maybe find a tribe like yours that you, that you can kind of click with and find a, find a good friend group to build on. Um, just the infrastructure that's in place with situations like that is a little bit more accommodating if, if you're a little bit tenuous about getting into this lifestyle. Okay. So let's say they, they jumped in the national park. They loved it. They went to Yellowstone, worked concessions for a season, got to hike, see all the great sites, maybe even saw some live animals, have some cool memories of camping, meeting new friends. What, what do you think they do after that? Yeah. So once you get that first season under your belt and you have a great time, you know, if you have a great time, then you probably already realize that this is a lifestyle that you can get into. So now you can sort of expand and broaden your horizons a little bit, you know, maybe look at, you know, if you're really into, if you really want to experience winter in like a rugged mountainous place, stick around and do a ski season in the Tetons or, you know, somewhere I can outside of Yellowstone and big sky or, you know, anywhere, there's just tons of ski resorts all over the place. But, you know, once you have that first season and you realize that you're comfortable living with roommates and, you know, you're, you're comfortable with the dorm life and you're really enjoying that lifestyle, then, you know, there's really, there's really much fewer limitations once you get through that first season and you realize it's something you enjoy. Um, if you're not so much into the snow, go check out a, a dude ranch in Arizona or um, somewhere down in the desert and spend a season down there. And then after that, next season, next summer, just start it all over again. Go back to Yellowstone if you really loved it or go check out Alaska. You know, you really just, once you, once you get into it and you realize that you can do it, the, the horizons are, are pretty much endless. All right. Let's fast forward a couple of years and say, you know, they started at Yellowstone. They've done trail crew one season. They've jumped over to Alaska for a season. They've gotten on the water for a season. They one winter, they decided they just wanted to travel Southeast Asia with some friends. They did all that. And now, so they've got some experience. They sort of know the ins and outs of how to get jobs in the industry, where to look, where, you know, what are some, some traits for employers that they look for, but they want to start moving up a little bit, getting into maybe more, a higher financial bracket in the industry. What, what would you tell them then? Yeah, I would, I think I would probably first think about a place, a place that you've experienced in your travel so far that you really enjoyed a lot and try and try and zero in on a place first and think, you know, I really enjoyed my time in Yellowstone. And, you know, while I was there, I really liked Gardner or Livingston or Bozeman, or, you know, these are just examples, but try and get an idea of where you might like to start putting down some roots and, and start looking for opportunities in there and really flexing that, that expanded resume that you've got. 
the best place to start is with employers you've already worked at. So, you know, say you got started in Yellowstone and you really had a couple of great seasons and you enjoyed it and you moved on. And, but maybe you're thinking you might like to go back there because, you know, those places call us back. The Tetons still call me back all the time. That's one of the best places to look is you know, with places that you've worked and that you've done a good job for. And, you know, talking to the HR people there and saying, you know, I'm, I really want to come back and I really would like to move up. I really look for some opportunities in this organization. And where can I start? You know, where, where can I, uh, where can I get my foot in? How do I start? How do I start putting down some roots in this place? Cause I'd love to give more of my life to it. Great. That's, and that's the, that's the cheat codes right there. <laughs> that's the keys to the vault. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's really, it's just a lot of, it's just about showing up and doing a good job and people see that and they notice that and opportunities tend to present themselves at places where you've, you know, where you've come and you've done a good job and you've been enthusiastic and, you know, just been an asset to the, whatever, whatever company it is you worked for. And people remember that so that when you come back and say, you know, I I love this place, I really want to, I really want to be a bigger part of it. Um, then they'll, they'll, they'll give you a serious look. Yeah. Showing up, having a great attitude, working hard. I mean, those, those give you so much equity coming back to places or, you know, networking and all that, just giving yourself that great reputation goes so far in this, in this area. Absolutely. And I know, you know, you've, you've got quite a few seasonal years under your belt and a lot of folks listening do as well. And we know those folks that are, you know, just kind of have crummy attitudes and, get burnt out a little too easily, maybe like, you know, as, as I, as I moved up at Signal Mountain Lodge and became the operations manager, you know, I was in more conversations about, you know, who do we want to put in this position and who do we want to hire in that position? And, you know, the people that had, you know, just downer attitudes and were kind of burnt out all the time, obviously their name didn't really go very far, even when they wanted to be considered. So it really does make a big difference just to, just to show up and have a good attitude. Let's talk about the future. I mean, I think the the worst area of seasonal work hit by this is sort of the cruise industry, which there's still people out there in boats, you know, that countries won't let them disembark. But if you look at sales for the 2021 cruise season, I mean, they're up, I, I saw up 600% recently. Wow. So I know that's coming back. I know everything else is coming back. It's maybe a six month eight month hiatus on all of this. So what, what do you think the future looks like for, for seasonal jobs, the industry, the employees, as well as cool works and its place in that? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely optimistic overall. I mean, there's experiences that I've had doing this and experiences that so many of the people that I care about in my life and have come to know in my life have had makes me optimistic because I know that people are going to want to, get back out there and keep having these experiences. Um, not just seasonal job seekers, but you know, the guests that go to the lodges and to the resorts and to the places that, that we all go and work in the summer times. Um, you know, this has definitely been, this has definitely been really, really hard for our industry. It's been really tough for us to, to look around and have conversations with our friends out there that, that are struggling and the business owners out there that are just really, you know, really been hit hard by this. Um, but I, you know, I'm optimistic overall that in time things will, things will get back to some version of normal. Um, I think there's, there's almost certainly going to be some big changes in how companies operate. Um, you know, so many, 
so many of these jobs right now are deemed very high risk just because of the amount of social contact, you know, waiting tables, busing tables, cleaning rooms, you know, all this. And that's a, just those three jobs there as a pretty large chunk of hospitality work. Um, so there's, there's going to be new, there's going to be new protocols. There's going to be new ways of operating. Um, you know, I think some, some positions may um, decrease in their numbers. But, you know, it's, it's really just hard to speculate on those sorts of specifics right now. But overall, I think, I think things will, people are going to want to get back to exploring these places they love. Yeah. Yeah. I can't keep them out. I know that Alaska's, yeah. Alaska, Antarctica, all these places. I mean, these, these people are, they want to go there. And, you know, a lot of these seasonal jobs are facilitators of people, people seeing these great places. Yep, absolutely. They'll still be there. Yeah, I'm I'm confident that that's true. I just who knows what the timeline's going to look like and who knows how different the job functions of being a housekeeper are going to be a year from now than they are today. It could just look very different. Yeah. What is uh, a lesson that you learned growing up in North Carolina that you use or that has a big impact on your life today or ever since? Um, I would say just being kind. <laughs> Kindness goes a long way. Having a positive attitude goes a long way. Um, you know, that is something that is absolutely a benefit of growing up in the South is that, you know, manners and uh, politeness, they really go a long way. I went out to it. When I first moved out to Wyoming, there was a, another guy out there who was working as a fishing guide that actually went to the same school as me. Um, and I, I knew him not super well. It had some he was kind of like a friend of a friend from college. Um, but I remember going and hanging out with him a couple of times and he was like, you know, you wouldn't believe how well people do people from the South do in the hospitality industry out here. He's like, I just don't get it. Like if you just tell them you're from North Carolina, they just want you to come do any job that they've got. I didn't really get it at first, but then, you know, more time I had out there, I realized, you know, people that grew up in the same world that I grew up in are just by their nature, very polite and, I guess just generally bright and optimistic and I don't know, it almost seems naive in a way. Like we're just some country yokels that don't see the bad in the world. But of course that's not true, but you just kind of have a, a bright outlook on the world. And that, that just really goes a long way. in just being a helpful person, being a, um, being an asset to whatever, whatever team you're a part of and, just really goes a long way. So that's, that's one of the things that I'm very grateful for from, from my upbringing and, and the culture that I did grow up in. I think you, you know, from North Carolina and some of the South, it's when you are being mean, it sounds so nice. as well. <laughs> like, I think all oh, bless your heart is one of the most demeaning things a oh, senator yeah. says, but it sounds so nice. <laughs> uh, that's just like giving someone two middle fingers right in their face. <laughs> even find a way to, to make uh, being an asshole come off nice. Give me a couple books that are a big part of your outlook on the, on the world as well. Well, I will say, you know, something that I, something that I didn't really get into very much until, until moving to a place that I loved as much as I loved the Tetons was, you know, kind of getting into natural history books or, you know, just books about place. And there is one in particular, you know, even if you've never lived in the Tetons or spent any time there, it's still just a fantastic, amazing book. But if you have spent any time in Yellowstone and the Tetons, uh, it's a book called Tiwanot by a guy named Jack Turner. Um, he was a 
climbing guide in the Tetons for years and years. I think he ended up being like one of the lead guides for Exum, which is one of the oldest guide guiding services in the country. Um, and they do, they do climbs all over the world. So he's done, you know, Everest trips and, you know, climbed the grand 150 times or something crazy like that. But um, this book is just about a year in the Tetons and, you know, him living in this cabin at the climbers ranch and, you know, just the way the whole place, the whole valley transforms from winter to spring to summer and back to winter again. It's just this beautiful, amazingly vivid book that's one of my all-time favorites. So what are what are some general advice you'd give to somebody that maybe back home that's sort of in a rut and looking looking for something maybe to jumpstart their life, something more exciting, something that'll get them on a better path? Yeah, I would say just take that first step. Just give it a try. I mean, I, I recommend seasonal work and, you know, going to work in a national park or Alaska, wherever it may be, a dude ranch, whatever might be the best fit for you. I recommend that to, to pretty much everybody. There's no one I have ever met that I've thought, you know, this just isn't really, this isn't something that, that you'd enjoy. Like this isn't for you. Um, you know, there's definitely some places that are better fits for other different personality types, but in general, like, I just think it's such a rewarding experience for most people to, to get out of a rut to, to, you know, make a dramatic move like that, to move yourself a long ways away from where you are and do something completely different. And just keep in mind that, you know, especially if it's a seasonal job, it's just a season. It's just a couple of months, you know, worst case scenario is you go out, you don't have such a great time. You realize that you really did love your job that you had back home, or you really did love your hometown or wherever it is you're coming from. And, and you go back and, you know, it's all waiting for you when you get there. Um, but you don't know, you're never going to know if you don't just go give it a shot. So that's, that's just the the broadest advice that I can give for anyone is if you're feeling that way, then just, just take that leap, take that first step and, and give a season somewhere, somewhere a try. Great advice. I love it. Well, thanks Matt so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to talk to you. I think uh, there's, there's some real gems in there and loved hearing more about CoolWorks. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me.